Welcome to Crowdsourcing Revolution. I'm Amanda Rice. We're on part three of our series uh, based around articles and links from Citizen's Handbook. Today, we're going to be talking about beginning. What do you do to get started getting involved? The link to the article I'm going to read is in the show notes and uh, linked above on here on Colin. And following the relatively short article, I'm going to go over a few other ways to begin getting involved in public life. But just for fun, I'm first going to play Bishop Briggs' Revolution and invite more people, and then we will get started. Thanks for being here. Beginning. This is from the Citizen's Handbook at citizenhandbook.org. Those who step into public life often do so because they see something that needs to be fixed. At the grassroots, some people begin by creating a group or organization, which then decides what to do. Others will become champions dedicated to achieving a solution. A champion is an energetic person determined and able to get results. The danger is that a champion can leave others behind or make them feel unnecessary. An effective champion will bring together others needed to make a project happen. Whether you decide to form a group or become a champion that gets others to help, here is a, the way to begin. Begin by answering key questions. One, two, three, four, five, six. Number one, what am I trying to accomplish? Number two, what size of area are we going to organize? The smaller the area, the easier the task. Three, who will support my efforts? Four, who will oppose my efforts? Five, what is a good idea for my first action? It should be simple, local, and increase the group's visibility. And six, how am I going to engage others? In answering these six questions, there are several places that you can begin that are enumerated here in this article. You could begin with research. Although professionals often start with research, you don't have to start here. On the other hand, you might be wise to begin with research if you intend to tackle an issue you do not fully understand. You could also begin by convening people. The Community Project Examples section of the handbook lists many informal opportunities for neighbors to meet one another. If your focus is a public interest issue, you will need to figure out a way, of bring, a way to bring people together with the same focus. You could begin by joining an existing group. Most neighborhoods have many different kinds of active organizations that welcome newcomers. If you wish to address an issue that transcends the neighborhood, you might consider joining an existing group that is trying to address the issue. Here it is better to join small grassroots organizations. Organizations with paid staff often sideline volunteers, treating them as mere sources of unpaid labor. You could begin by starting a new group. If there is no group addressing your issue, 
or none willing or able to, or none you are willing or able to join, you might have to start a new group. Keep in mind, there is a natural tendency to want to start your own group. This creates a proliferation of similar groups, most with few resources, all competing for attention and sometimes funding. You can also cooperate with similar publics. Every place has well-informed publics with the same focus. The grassroots is often weakened because these small groups do not cooperate with one another. This phenomenon benefits corporations and self-serving members of the governing class. So if you create your own public interest group, make a special effort to cooperate with groups with similar goals. This requires face-to-face -face contact, cultivating friendly personal relationships between people belonging to different groups, and spending time to sort out differences in tactics. Intergroup cooperation is the engine of real progress at the grassroots. This is a very short article. There's six questions. It suggests that you should start by answering. And following answering those questions, you can start with research, by convening people, by joining an existing group, by starting a new group, or by cooperating with similar publics. All of which is to say, those are very general ideas about how you might get started without actually giving any specific examples. So I want to provide some specific places you could start, whether on your own or in looking at a group. One good way to get started is to do a freedom of information request to your federal, state, or local elected officials' recent correspondence. Lots of interesting information shows up in these kinds of correspondence. If you think of the Sony emails that, that were leaked a couple of years ago as one example, and Really, you should, when you make your request, you should um, carbon copy or CC at least one local newspaper and anyone willing to amplify anything relevant you might find. Another thing you could do that doesn't require a group is you can start attending your local city council, your local county government, meetings, your local anything kind of meeting that's a public meeting because you want to become a familiar face. You don't have to say anything, but showing up, the people who are elected to those bodies will notice you and the more familiar you get, the easier it will be once you do start to have, have opinions that you want to share at these kinds of meetings. You'll also find out what's going on in governing and legislation for your area. Of course, you can always run for office, which is one way to get started. It's not usually where people start first. Something you could do as an individual 
or get together as a group and put together is to write a letter to the editor. And I'm going to cover this example from Common Cause that's asking for you to write a letter to the editor to request to stop Article 5 Constitutional Convention. Now, whether or not you agree with Constitutional Convention, the idea of this letter is really the point that I want to make. And here's what it says um, in that place. It says, across the country, legislation is being introduced to start the process of an Article 5 Constitutional Convention. This is an unprecedented path, and we must make our voices heard to let our representatives and senators know that this is not what we want, nor is it in the best interest of the United States. And then they have a step two where you write your letter and what you do there. And what they did was they put kind of a skeleton letter together so that you don't have to come up with it out of whole cloth. And then you put in your zip code and your letter is automatically submitted to the five closest newspapers to that zip code. And the skeleton letters, just basically you're filling out a form. So it gives your name and zip code and your email address. And then it says, who are you? And then it gives an example. My name is Sam and I'm a small business owner in South Carolina. What do you want? I want my representative to listen to the will of the people and stop legislation that would bring us one step closer to constitutional event convention. This has not been done since the 1700s. And I am worried that with no guardrails or clear rules, special interests could have their say in what happens to our constitution. And then what is happening and what is your demand? And I just think that this is a whether or not this particular issue is worthy of a person's time, I can't say. But I do think that it would be a worthy thing to put together a similar kind of skeleton letter for people to send on any topic that a group finds important. Like, say, maybe the issue of getting the ERA passed or added to the Constitution or heck, almost anything else. Another idea that I spotted when I was out and about on the internet is the Howard County Library System has something called a Get Involved Fair to find service and advocacy opportunities in or near Howard County, Maryland with a special focus on ways to advance equality. So they've got the or equity. So what they've got here is they've got an event that will have speakers at it. And then following the speakers, there will be basically organizations tabling there so they can meet the people who come to this event. I do not know whether they had good turnout. This, this one specifically was scheduled for May 13th. And I just think it's great to have essentially a job fair, but instead of employers, you've got the organization and organizations and advocacy groups that are looking for people to get involved. So 
I've given you a few different things that you could do to get involved, whether with a group or by yourself. You could make a FOIA request, requesting elected officials' recent correspondence, and make sure you CC at least one local newspaper and anyone willing to amplify anything relevant you may find. Start attending a local agency public meeting like your city council or your county government so that you become a familiar face before an issue even comes up that you might want to comment on. Of course, you can always run for office. Letters to the editor, believe it or not, really do still and can make a difference. And the more people that are sending the letters about the same topic, the more likely it is, as long as it's not just the same form letter, the more likely you are to get attention for that from your government, from our government. Because, you know, it is of, by, and for the people, which has always been one of the things that, well, it's why I ran for office, because I do believe that the government belongs to us, just like all the public lands belong to all of us. Well, we stole it fair and square from the Indians, of course. But if the federal government owns the property and we are excluded from it, that's no better than not having it at all. And we might as well give it back to the Native Americans who we stole it from. All of which is to say, there are many ways to get involved and really just to get started, take the first step. It's really easy to write a request to your local city council and ask for the last 30 days of correspondence sent to your city council member. You might be surprised at what you will find. When I did such a request to my local government agency, we discovered that the elected president of that board was asking the general manager to actually do background check on somebody that was a candidate running against that person that was on the board, which is specifically illegal <laughs> and did get the person in trouble and that person did not get reelected. I did not, that's not what I was necessarily looking for, but when I read through the emails, it was something I found. So, like I said, it's fairly easy. Most local agencies even now have an online form where you can make a request. Make it specific. The last 30 days of email correspondence to or from this specific city council person. And you should, in every state, there are sunshine laws that require public agencies to give access to most, if not all, of their records because business done in the name of the public is the public's business to know, no matter what the federal government says. Actually, might even be interesting to do a FOIA request to your own House representative or senator. 
maybe even just for the last two weeks of correspondence. It'd be interesting to see what comes up because a lot of it will be just mm, run of the mill. But occasionally there'll be a gem. That takes us to the end of beginning from citizenshandbook.org. Tomorrow's show, I'm actually very much looking forward to. We're going to read the, stru- the, structureless, uh, the Tyranny of Structurelessness. And it's a, uh, an excerpt from a book looking at what happens when you have a movement that is not structured at all. And it's a fascinating read. I hope you come tomorrow. It'll be 10.30 Pacific time. Friday, July 21st. Until then, this is Crowdsourcing Revolution. I'm Amanda Rice. Thanks for listening.